This is the Swarm Unplugged podcast, where we get to know the bee social community and encourage others to join us. With hundreds in the community, we want to get to know all of you better. From the newbie to the expert to the project partners, we will be learning who they are and how they can best benefit from bee social. I'm Christopher Knight, so let's get started. And a big welcome to everyone to this episode of the Swarm Unplugged. Uh, during these series, and we're having a three-part series on what we're calling uh, the M2 Overview. Now, what that means, of course, is all the things you ever wanted to know about M2 before you actually have a chance to punch the button and order uh, your M2 for your own future. So today we're going to handle a little bit differently. Uh, we're going to do a kind of a, uh, let's see if Vince can answer this question. So uh, if you want to call it in the game show stance, it's uh, Stump Vince today. So we're going to find out what happens because he has no idea what he's going to be asked today. So everyone, let's have some fun and let's find out more about M2. Uh, Vince, welcome to the Swarm Unplugged today on part two. Thank you very much for having me. I cannot wait to be yeah, stumped. You're all excited. I know you are. I mean, you just don't know how much I love to be <laughs> yeah, recorded, right. stumbling over my words. So let's go for it. <laughs> okay. Well, mm -hmm. you know, as we uh, as we start, I'd like for you to make a comparison between Bitcoin, Doge, and M2. Okay. Um, now, these are my opinions. Um, I am not, I don't have not done technical analysis uh, enough to be able to like equivocate or compare these, but from where I stand, uh, Doge or whatever the, the, co the, the token that is that, it is a, um, a token that is really a momentum play in the marketplace in which people have invested. And this is where a lot of active traders play and people buy it based upon what it goes up or goes down. Um, they're just playing it from just a pure trading point of view. Um, because the reason I say that, because I think people trade everything, but in reality, um, people, there's a community behind it. People love it. Uh, what it is, it's just that the token really has no functional value, but it's something that people have really place some of their wealth in and it's grown and they've gained more wealth. So there's confidence in that just because of that momentum play. Where it goes from here, I don't know. Bitcoin is pretty much the granddaddy of the of the cryptocurrency world. It mm -hmm. it's one of the things that spawned all the excitement that led to the led to the ICO craze. Um, you know, and it has maintained its viability. It's gone up and down relatively in the market, uh, but its primary uh, value, um, where it is um, in the grand scheme of things, has really been um, in these sort of last 18 to uh, 24 months has been as an incredible store value. Um, people attribute it to the fact that there's only 23 million Bitcoin available, 23 or 22 million Bitcoin available, um, uh, only 18 million are out in the world now, but in essence, because it has that capped amount, um, there's you know a very reduced chance for deflation, um, similar to what 
examples people give you with um, with regards to um, you know a government's printing money you can't print any more Bitcoin the value is value so people feel that if they place their funds um, their capital in Bitcoin they're going to preserve capital and that as, that's its function compared to the Dogecoin it, it is not it, it people do actively trade it um, but it has that additional look at a sword value and and there's a lot more serious people thinking about what to do with Doge. M2, based upon uh, my analysis of where it is, where where it is today, is a digital currency. It is that's that's it. Digital currency, hard stop. People can do whatever they want with this digital currency. Um, it's going to come out. Uh, I if I wanted to, and I wanted to have a business case, I could just buy a bucket of these M2 tokens, and I could go and use it in my mobile phone mobile phone payment system. I could buy a bucket of these, I can use it in my um, a retail network. Um, you see a really interesting retail network in a country uh, like Kenya, they have something called M-Pesa, where people go and they top up their mobile phones, um, they, with, with, with credits, and they go into stores and they can pay with those credits when they pay with those credits, they're using those credits instead of cash. And so um, it is more of a digital currency concept that people could use and interact with one another, um, where Doge, even though you've heard that you, places like the Dallas Mavericks, you can use the Doge coin to purchase that. Um, a lot of people are holding on to their Bitcoin, so you won't be, no one's going to buy tickets to the, the Chicago Cubs. You know, using using Bitcoin. So if I looked at them, I'd see one is an established store of value, and that's what people have established it at. One is something that's created value for people, but it's really more of a momentum play that's really around a community. And the third one, M2, is really a digital currency that's really wide open because no one owns it. People can be as creative as they want with it when they take it to market. And that's how I'd compare the three. Okay, you don't, uh, Will, um gas fees or fees affect the ability to use the uh, the token for currency because you're well, having a transaction you, right yeah, every it time you use a coin it's a transaction it. um that depends on how you want to look at it i could make the case that i could go buy a bucket load two million dollars worth of m2 and just exchange it peer-to-peer with people using other platforms because as a token, any blockchain. So I could exchange a peer-to-peer and not really worry about going to gas fees. I could spend my money uh, buying the, ga- the gas fees and I can use other off-chain or different blockchains to um, do peer-to-peer transactions um, with M2. That's entirely possible because that token can ride on any network. It can ride on whatever people want to run faster networks where they don't have to pay gas fees. So it may be the major acquirer of them too could pay the gas fees and maybe periodically in an aggregate gas fees won't make much of a difference if you're exchanging $35,000 or $25,000 worth, that could be nominal um, versus, you know, something that costs less than a penny or a penny or something. It may not make sense to spend $7 to uh, cash in a penny. Uh, but you can do that, and there probably will be people who have a digital currency and who are willing to exchange um, digital currency for maybe not for maybe not a dollar for dollar, but maybe some a percentage on the dollar to make it happen. So you 
you can eliminate the whole, I have to go to Ethereum gas fees every time I need to make a transaction. When you look at a digital currency, I can just carve out a bunch of it and use it in my own um, ecosystem because you can do whatever you want with M2. They um, bog your well, uncle with that. I, I understand that, but this is, uh, this is also uh, touted to be uh, a good currency for third world countries. And putting it into those people's hands so they can have a have a better life. Now, when they start trying to spend uh, the M2, uh, what's the process there in those third world countries? I think the process would be similar to what I just described in terms of, you know. Well, yes, but we, you're still talking fees. If you, you know, the fees got to come in somewhere. And I see them no, being no, hurt no, no, by no. it possibly. It, maybe, I wasn't, maybe I wasn't super clear. I would just say, like, let's roll it back. In a third world country, I run a kiosk network. I run a mobile phone network. I spend $80 and buy 1 million M2 tokens. I then never go back to my gas fees. That is done. I'll get back to that on, 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 at the beginning of Q2. Mm-hmm. Now using a thing on another blockchain or my own mobile phone network, which I really don't care as long as I can manage the accounting on the blockchain, I can transfer and manage um, M2 without ever touching the Ethereum blockchain because I'm a, my, you know, apparently that the, um, it can ride on any blockchain and you can use it anywhere. So okay. it is blockchain agnostic. So somebody in a third world country where, you know, the, or really impoverished country that has access to the mobile internet at some level where, you know, people are making a dollar 90 a month or dollar 90 a week. Obviously nobody's going to do that. But if you have the ability to get your hands on via, um, via um, anything from an NGO to an organization where you work and earn NM2, you'll be able to manage that peer to peer in the ecosystem that that overall organization can create in order to make that commerce viable. Okay, so you see it as a trade and not a purchase. We'll also say there are still some questions about how you use M2 uh, as a currency without having a lot of gas fees uh, clogging up the No, works. I think you, you will have the ability. I, I think what we would say is we will have the ability to use M2 on other blockchains. And I think that the, the really interesting thing about it is if I could use it, let's say, on an Opus blockchain where the transfer fee is just one OS, why wouldn't I do that? Okay. Mm-hmm. All right. That's fair enough. That, that answers that for sure. Because it, 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 it is a question when you get down to, we know what we're doing on this side. So we have to think about what happens in the future development of the whole concept. I mean, it, now, what exchanges will uh, M2 be listed on? Well, it, um, M2 will be able to be acquired via Social. So um, on the day that it's released, and, and from that point forward, you'll be able to go to bees.social um, and go, and once you enter the app, you'll be able to navigate to a page on the bees.social site called uh, Exchange. And once you go to that exchange, you'll be able to select from a dropdown, not only which token on that exchange you'd like to acquire, and obviously in this case, you'd select M2, um, you can also decide which, um, cryptocurrency you'd like to use um, with which you'd like to acquire M2 with. So you could be able to acquire it via Ethereum, USDT, USDC, 
Um, I'm not sure of the other ones, but you'll be able to see it'll be a very straightforward dropdown. Even though you can use something other than Ethereum, you will need, to your points earlier, you will need Ethereum in order to um, accommodate the gas fee. So the last thing we want people to do is think they can use USDC and just move all their money into MetaMask and USDC, and they don't have anything left over for the gas fee. So it is imperative that people realize anytime you make move one on the Ethereum blockchain, you need to have allocated one, two, five, six, you know, whatever percent based on where gas fees are to accommodate for gas fees. Because if you don't have enough in your MetaMask wallet for gas fees, the transaction won't even be able to be initiated. Right. So, okay. Now, now besides uh, uh, the bees social exchange, what other exchanges might that into coin appear on? It'll be, um, you'll be able to acquire it on Uniswap. It is natively available. The liquidity we talked about in our previous session, um, it's a Uniswap um, liquidity pool. And that's where you can swap M2, um, either into M2, be, being like purchase it, acquire it, or um, swap out of it, meaning uh, sell it or swap out of it. You can do that all on the Uniswap exchange you would um, probably need to make a few more moves or a few more routes through in the, in the Uniswap, um, in the Uniswap interface. Um, the developers at BeSocial looked at the Uniswap interface and looked at what needs to be done. And so we effectively um, shortcutted, that's a word, shortcutted. <laughs> We've effectively um, made a shortcut in the routing logic so that anyone who acquires M2 on the bees.social exchange will end up with a better deal from a gas fee perspective. Relatively speaking, a, all things aren't always all constant, but relative to that, relative to what you would do were you to acquire it directly on Uniswap. But you can always go to Uniswap and Uniswap info and Uniswap.info and look at M2 once the contract is available. You'll be able to see on the Uniswap uh, interface all the ads, all the buys, all the details around it. Additionally, um, there's going to be, according to the group that launches, it's going to be a, a, a site, a very stark site called m2.cash, where in which you can see all the trading details and the volume details that you might see on something like Uniswap, but even more. So um, those are the two places you can go. So to, your, to answer your question, you can acquire the coin on Uniswap. You can see the details of your purchases on bees.social on Uniswap, but the easiest place for you to acquire it will be. Okay. Now in, in the future, do you see it going to Coinbase or Kraken or something like that? Um, whether or not it's going to be available on Coinbase, um, it's not going to be available. Um, if I understood your, your question um, accurately, it's, it's not, it's not going to be available on Coinbase um, once the um, powers that be want to see us on uh, coin market cap or coin gecko um, pricing um, information will be available there but for right now based upon what we're doing at bees.social we think the best safest thing for people to do right now is to check out first looking at acquiring it on bees.social okay uh now just talking about the use case uh, which we've we've discussed here mm-hmm. um how do you see that developing? Uh, what, are the, what are the mechanics of developing it out where it actually uh, grows to the point where it is able to be used in that fashion? I know we're, we're uh, 
it's, specifically a lot like, to it that uh, process yeah specifically like 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 the question like what's the mechanics of the use cases um there is no shortage of absolutely creative innovative people that are using um digital currencies in the blockchain um and there will be no shortage of excitement for people looking for uses for digital currencies on the blockchain who um, are looking for a decentralized currency that is basically like an element they can put to work in their own in, in their own business on a token that can ride on any blockchain. There's some really incredible businesses um, and projects happening. One of the ones I was, in, and I'm not saying this is there's any sort of conversation or anything. One of the ones I really enjoy is a company called Realty. Um, you can actually go out and acquire real estate based upon some tokens. They give you tokens, you get rent every day. If you were getting rent paid to you every day on the Ethereum blockchain, your rent would be zero because you'd get it eaten up in fees. <laughs> but they've built a different sort of uh, blockchain um, interface where they're actually getting things at lower transaction fees in the same way people will get creative about how to make that happen. Because Realty, instead of paying you rent for this property that you have a piece of every month, they pay you every day. So just that level of frequency of transaction, you know, the standard Ethereum blockchain payment framework wouldn't be a feasible. And I expect the same level of innovation for people looking to find a better way to use um, something like M2 in their own sort of ecosystem would be accessed. Not necessarily the real T one, but one that makes sense for them to use it. That uh, therefore it's going to spread uh, organically in a fashion, right? It has every potential to. I think this is a currency, a token, an element, uh, something that's been offered up to the cryptocurrency world that if, if somebody at, let's name your centralized organization, Coinbase doesn't like you, you can't get any. If somebody at um, mobile phone token provider doesn't like you, you can't get it. This is, There is no, it's complete wide open decentralized framework that people can use the utmost creativity to get the most out. Okay. Uh, I would ask this question if I were uh, uh, in, uh, talking with someone about his company or something like that. And the question is, is uh, uh, what, what is the competition? In other words, what other coins out there are, are approaching this same space right now? Everyone has an approach towards the digital financial space, right? Mm -hmm. The digital currencies that purport to be like what uh, M2 are, are different in a variety of different ways. So let's say something like a USDC. USDC is pegged to the US dollar. It will always be worth a dollar. There's, it's not going to decrease or increase in value, all, except for like micro, right micro sense as it goes so if i if i went to coin gecko right now or, or and looked at something maybe usdt i would see this jagged you know uh line mm -hmm. but if i really looked at it in a graph the line the jagged would be just around pennies going through but mm -hmm. it's it's pegged to yeah. a dollar m2 is not pegged to a dollar it's it's pegged to the value in which the market believes it is as determined by the automated market maker that's in operation on uniswap um something like um um you know, CeeLo or, 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 or XRP or Ripple have different sort of, um, different sort of business operating models. Um, and 
Additionally, these are owned by centralized organizations, even though they call themselves a foundation with a .org. Right. If they decide they don't like you, they can shut you down, right? Or they decide they're going to make a change to be more profitable for their venture capital investors. They can do that, and it, regardless of its impact on people using it. There is no centralized group because when uh, M2 was de developed, the developers, everyone threw away the keys. There's nothing they can do to change it. It is an operation. It's a freight train that's there. You know, terminal value. When I say terminal value, I don't mean end of value. I mean end of production. There will be no more tokens. There have been no more token. There have been no tokens pre-wired pre so somebody can do this. This is a complete and utter um, difference. If you take a look at most of these other tokens, outside of the USDCs and the ones that are tethered to dollars, you'll see a lot of them are still either held in the corporate treasury or with founders or with venture capital. So if somebody wants a flood or do something, they can. And other similar ones that work with point of sale or work with gift cards or work with mobile phone payments, they're all tied to centralized organizations that they want to be like that. So there really is nothing quite like it. Um, the people with a, a bit more granular look at you know, financial systems could probably give you some, you know, a better look at it. But this one is it's pretty unique in what it does. You that you couple with the fact that there's 30 million in liquidity and in in at least 30 million liquidity in the curve. I think that um, and it's independent. I think it makes it really appealing for people to really do that. And you won't find that any place else. You may find more of these other tokens and their frameworks adopting M2 to get over some of the hurdles they have in their world. Uh, versus um, them looking at it as competition. And there's enough, there's enough room for the innovation in this space for this not to be seen as anything um, except for an enabler, actually. Well, of course, I always tell my clients that the last thing you worry about is the competition. You just worry about what you're doing and make it the best it can be. Uh, I tell it from a competition point of view, if there's competition, um, I think you, I would say, yeah, it, if I was talking competition, I would say, look, it's, you know, just think of it like USDC, think of it like this, only in as much as that you don't want to seem like some incredibly bizarre off the wall evangelist in the, in the traditional technology, <laughs> because it costs a lot of money to be um, an evangelist. And, but the interesting thing about the cryptocurrency world that the barrier to entry for acquiring something like an M2 is super low. Um, mm -hmm. It's not like it's going to require, um, a PhD in finance to understand what sort of derivative that you're, you know, engaging in or moving or how do you want to support the global financial markets. This is something, a currency that people can use and apply to business models as simple as check cashing um, to it as complex as uh, replacing a mobile currency in a third world country. Okay. You know, within our uh, community, uh, we have been very fortunate, of course, to, to meet the people that are behind the curtain uh, with all of ours, whether it be star wires or uh, any of the rest of it. Um, mm -hmm. And so my question would be, when are we, as a community, are we going to be able to, to meet the people that actually developed M2? Never. This is an anonymous group who's chosen to grant this to the world um, because they believe in decentralization they believe that organizations can grow from this framework. They've provided their funds. They provided their development effort. They provided the framework. Um, they've even authored, their, you know, they've even authored a white paper on the topic that 
will be, I think they are going to have it on the m2.cash website. Um, they're just an anonymous group who have seeded this to the world and are really hoping that the world can really recognize this for what it is. Um, a complete 100% fair distribution, complete, um, you know, with massive liquidity. I mean, when you compare it to new tokens that come out, $50,000 in liquidity, $100,000 liquidity, you write, might write a press release if you saw one with 300,000 in liquidity. I don't know what they're gonna say when they see over 30 million in liquidity. And that's pretty interesting. Right. Now, what are the, uh, the most frequent questions you've heard about into yourself? Um, I think you've asked a couple of them. Where do I go get it? Um, and we've talked about, you can get it on beers.social. One of the questions um, that people have asked is, how do I go do that? And I think we're going to talk about in our next session about how you go and do that. So I'm going to, that's a preview of coming attractions, what we'll talk about next. Um, some people have um, that spend a lot of time thinking about this. They want to say, why have they done it? And why should I, why should I purchase it? And my question is, you know, my question to them is like, why wouldn't you? Some people are going out and looking at a token, looking at liquidity, looking at opportunity, looking at the price and buying it speculatively like anybody would when they see something with this amount of liquidity and this kind of interest with nothing held back. Why not participate in something like this before it takes off? Because the downside is nominal. Um, I would think, this is me personally talking, I'm giving no professional advice or no investment advice. You know, why not, why not check it out? Um, that's, you know, that's some of the questions that people have asked and I've not really given them an answer one way or the other. Um, some of the questions that people have asked is uh, what does M2 stand for? Um, you know, M2 has a lot of connotations. I don't have the final answer for it, but M2 has, a, you know, some financial connotations from the terms of money, the money supply provided to, right. you know, provided to that doesn't include a lot of credit and all the other things. So it's truly a money supply that's a digital money supply. The other question is, um, is uh, what's the end goal of this M2? And to, to which I answer, to which they don't like the answer sometimes, it's like, it's whatever you wanna make out of it. If you want, you know, if this, if and how this gets adopted will really, um, It'll be, it'll be a part of where the future is going from a decentralized digital currency world. And this is one of the, I think one of the really coolest way to really jump on that train. So um, those are a couple of the questions that I get asked. Um, a lot of people, when they decide to go look at a digital currency, a new one that comes out, their entire YouTube sites about, YouTube uh, channels about how to, they call it snipe brand new tokens what they'll do when they hear about a token they'll go they'll pay extra gas fees just to be able to access it get permission to spend and then they'll go and just check every day and see if they can buy it because i don't know if a lot of people know that some people if they want to go through all the effort they can they can even try to pick up some if they're simple but m2 is it's we've simplified it on bs.social but some people even try to do it on the back end on etherscan but and this is probably one of the first times that I've heard in my limited experience, and albeit limited experience in this space, is that a partner group is, you know, a group like these social, we're all sort of like these, this collaborative community of saying, this is coming out, you know, you don't have to wait a week 
You don't have to wait a week and kick yourself and say, ooh, when you scroll down CoinGecko and look at the chart at the end, I wish I had gotten in there. Right. And you know, you, you, your, your opportunities to get in there, whether or not you choose to or not, totally up to you. But this is a really interesting opportunity. I don't think it comes around that often. So that's why I'm excited about it. That's why I'm excited about sharing it because it feels like we finally are leveling the table so everybody gets a chance at it. It's just whether or not um, we do our job of just effectively explaining the opportunity um, that people have relative to everything else that's happened today and just and be happy if people participate, but not beg people to because I have zero financial um, benefit if somebody participates or not. It's, right. I don't own the token. I'm not part of this anonymous group. I'm just a guy who is working with a community who gets to launch it on their exchange. And I'm excited about people. I'm more excited about people simplifying the process of acquiring tokens than I am about people actually, you know, using this token, but it's just as exciting about using, you know, using this token and seeing what people can do because that may take, that may take some time for people to, to really do it, but the excitement about what it can be done, what can be done with it, that's really going to hopefully capture the imaginations of people the way it does with me. Well, of course, I know uh, there are going to be thousands of people who uh, will be getting in on this uh, M2 uh, release coming up. And by the way, as I understand it, the uh, M2.cash site will be up shortly and it will have a countdown clock on it which will show you precisely when uh, it is time to uh, purchase. Is that correct? The, the M2 cash site will have a countdown clock and M2.cash will be, that's really something pushed out by the um, group that M2.cash will be something pushed out by the group that's announcing it. It just has all the information, analytics and trades right. on M2.cash. M2.cash will have a countdown. Um, until actually the launch. And then from there, you know, you'll be able to go directly and um, acquire the token via the exchange. Well, as I mentioned, there are thousands of people that I know are going to participate. And mm -hmm. uh, yeah, they, if they watch that clock and this just say it happens uh, on, at midnight, there can be a lot of people that start purchasing at midnight. Do we have the server bandwidth to handle that? <laughs> yes, because... The, you know, ultimately, we're sitting on top of Ethereum. In essence, the Ethereum blockchain is okay. the, it's, you know, a, a Ethereum blockchain. So it's, they're going through our, you know, you know, interface in order to acquire. But ultimately, it's on, it's being purchased, acquired through the Uniswap framework. Right. And the only thing that people are going to be um, dealt with is what they deal with every night when they decide either they get up in the morning and decide to buy Doge or they, or they get up in the morning and decide to buy, um, I don't know, bunny, bunny coin. I don't know what it is. They're going to, they are going to be faced with uh, the, the, the traffic limitations of the Ethereum network, which honestly run 15 transactions per second. So that's why there are queues. That's why they're gas fees. That's why there's bidding. So, um, the cool thing about decentralized framework is the fact that um, it's running on a network that's like these, it's a shared world computer. Um, and so the only gating factor is the traffic um, capability on the computer, the miners to be able to write each transaction. And um, the apps that access that network 
aren't going to be the gating factor. Uh, I saw the question uh, from someone and they were asking, is it going to crash or what's going to happen? Anyway, thank you for that explanation. I mm -hmm. appreciate it. Well, it, as we uh, come to the end of this episode, which is part two of the M2 overview, is there anything you'd like to say as we close out? You know, we're going to, in the next session, um, well, first of all, I appreciate everybody's listening. I appreciate, Christopher, for you having me on to really talk about this. I can tell that, you know, I'm excited about this, this, this event because so many things are happening at once. An exchange where you can acquire it is going to be is there and it's going to make things a lot easier for people because when you aren't trading with Ethereum right out of the gate in a Uniswap, there's a lot of financial gyrations, additional gas, other things you have to pay. You're not going to have to do that um, when you acquire M2. Um, M2, by the way, is going to be traded. The pair in M2 is going to be WPE and M2. So if you went to Uniswap with just Ethereum, you first have to go buy WPE. Then after you buy WPE, then you got to go buy, um, then you got to go, then you can go buy M2, but then you'd be paying gas fees at both both sides. And mm -hmm. uh, the BSI social people that uh, worked through the exchange framework have facilitated this process to make it a lot easier and relatively less expensive, relatively more efficient because um, you never know what the day in traffic, what's going on. And um, I look forward to people really testing that out and seeing that as a much better experience. And, well, I know everyone's looking forward to it as well. This, mm -hmm. is, uh, this is an exciting time for the bees.social community, but it's also an exciting time for anyone who's interested in uh, getting in on a, a situation in cryptocurrency, which is extremely unique. So uh, don't think that you uh, have to be totally immersed in the B social community, although we want you there, but you can still participate in this opportunity as well. All right, Vince, thank you very much for being a part hey, of for uh, part me. two yeah. and uh, part three. We're going to touch on some other things. What's our, what's on part three, Vince? Do you have, a, have anything part three, in mind? Well, part three, uh, we're going to go over at a high level, a couple of different ways to go um, grab the M2 um, token. Um, and what, what you would need to do and what you need to think about. And uh, we're just going to walk through it. And hopefully if I get my act together, we'll have the, um, <laughs> a checklist for what you need to do in the show notes for that, for that, um, for that session as well. So I'm It'll looking forward to giving people a step-by-step walkthrough. Absolutely fantastic. All mm -hmm. right, Vince. Thanks again. We will talk okay, soon. Okay. Take care. And as we uh, continue to, work toward the release date of uh, M2. I think these uh, sessions are very, very helpful because the more you know, the more you can feel either secure or the more you can share with other people about what it is all about. So I look forward to seeing all of you on part three uh, with Vince Wicker being the professor to tell us what is going on in the M2 Overview, Part 3. I'm Christopher Knight. As we close, always remember to listen, learn, and give. Thanks for joining us for this episode of the Swarm Unplugged podcast. Be sure to hit the follow button and leave us a glowing comment. Gravitate yourself to be on the podcast so you are the next one to introduce themselves to the B-Social community. See you on the next episode.